This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Welcome, Talk Catholic, the website.com, your host, Tim Kilcoin. No agendas here, just the straight and narrow, through Mary to Jesus, the Catholic faith proclaimed and preserved. Hope to see you here every week. Catholic.com with Tim Kilcoin. I thought I'd do a little special show on the Garibandal apparitions of 1961. As there's been so much talk about this on the internet, several stations have gone over this because everybody's kind of connecting the dots that the world is in dire straight. And we could indeed be looking at the Antichrist in our own lifetime. And what dots would have been connected to lead up to that analysis, well, one of the most significant dots to be connected are the apparitions at Garibandal, Garibandal, Spain. And I was listening to an interview with Glenn Hudson, who is very much an expert on these apparitions exactly. Now, this apparition constituted a private revelation to four children, Conchita Gonzalez, Mary Lolly Maison, Mary Cruz Gonzalez, and Jacinta Gonzalez. And it's fascinating, ladies and gentlemen. And the church leaves it open to interpretation, has, is not given any word on its approval or disapproval, it's waiting. And that's what he said. He says that this is simply kind of in process, waiting for events to unfold. However, I think it's incredibly significant that St. Padre Pio gave a total thumbs up to the credibility and authenticity of this apparition. So did Mother Mary Angelica, for that matter. And those are two people you want to listen to. In fact, St. Padre Pio gave Conchita private belongings after his death, a bloody glove, a bandage, his own rosary, and the veil he had on at his funeral. Pretty intimate gifts given to someone he virtually didn't know throughout most of his lifetime. And part of the revelation has to do with a warning. And many of you who listen to this station, I'm sure, probably are familiar with this. But just to reiterate, just recently there was a letter, a personal letter that came out by Pope Benedict after his death, where he makes the straight-on claim that we are living in the time of the Antichrist. What exactly that is? Well, our book review author, Father William Casey, adamantly maintains that it's exactly what St. John Paul II knew as communism. I'm sure we'll find out soon, but we can connect the dots uh, relative to the globalist cabal that recently virtually took over the whole world, uh, going back to the beginning of the pandemic, and continues to try to exert pressure over whole sovereign countries, bribing political leaders into submission. And are there other diabolical manifestations of this? Absolutely. In the church as well, in her leadership for that matter. Our Lady specifically referred to it as a diabolical disorientation. We have been referring to it on many shows over the last few years. Uh, It's fairly obvious that this is the time that uh, Sister Sasagawa mentioned in the Akita message and prophecy in Japan, 1973, and then again in 1981, where she referred to a time when bishops will be at war with bishops and cardinals against cardinals. 
Well, we're, you take a look at cancelledpriest.org and you'll clearly see we're there. And it should be said, in addition to Pope Benedict's clear sense, Our Lady did relay to Conchita that there would only be four popes bringing us to the end of an era after Pope John the Twenty-Third, and that therefore would put Pope Benedict as the fourth pope. So the time in which we're in is a new time. It's referred to as the end times, but it's not the end of the world, but we're in a whole new era. It's often referred to the fact that Pope Benedict leaving us on December 31st, which is the feast day of Pope Sylvester, who happened to be the pope at the time of a new era in Christianity in the early 4th century, when Christianity under Constantine the Great was accepted as religion of the empire, when freedom of religion now flourished for Christianity. That was also a new time. So that's where we're at also relative to that particular statement by Our Lady. And it cannot be dismissed that Our Lady made specific reference to when the Pope goes to Moscow, not just Russia in general. She specifically called out Moscow. Hostilities will break out shortly thereafter in Europe. And Pope Francis has been pleading to go to Moscow actually long before the Ukraine-Russian conflict six years ago he was putting in for that permission. Something's up. I should add one other consoling thought. Our Lady also did say that there would not be World War III. She referred to hostilities breaking out that would be very severe, but it would not be a world war. So in any event, there is some dot connecting to do here that's legitimate and realistic, given the nature of everything evil that seems to be upon us at this time. So regarding the Garamondal prophecy, what's uh, particularly significant and the reason I bring this to highlight at the time that I do is the warning will come first and then there will be a miracle left permanently on the earth, which is something that Conchita Gonzalez knows the day and the time. She knows when this is going to happen, but she's under obligation to the Blessed Mother not to divulge until eight days before it is to happen. And the warning is an act of mercy. An act of mercy second only to what our Lord did for us on the cross. This is an act of mercy for all of mankind to come home to God, i.e. repent. The absolute one common denominator of all the Marian apparitions. Repent, repent, repent. Time to come home. Allah, St. John the Baptist, and again, all the Marian prophecies are highlighting that same urgency. Don't wait. And what it is going to involve is the illumination of your conscience. And Glenn Hudson uh, very specifically relays the details that Conchita has given in many interviews through the years. She lives in New York. She's 74 years of age. So that means it can't be too many years down the road in her lifetime. It's got to be soon. And she says that the soul, your soul, will be revealed to itself. You will see your soul and how God sees it, not how you see it. How God sees your soul relative to your whole life and the sins that you have committed and the sins of omission, those things that you didn't do or you didn't say. We don't think too hard about those when we go to confession. So again, it's more important to try to figure out how God sees us 
not how we see ourselves. So think about that during this Easter season, that we really do need to understand us from his perspective, not ours. And so just to fill in the whole picture on the Garabandal warning. So there's a warning, the illumination of conscience, and then a miracle will occur, and it will occur in Garabandal. And this miracle will be left permanently so that to all those of skeptical eyes and ears, they won't be able to explain the permanency and supernatural nature of what our Lord leaves for us. So this is a big time wake up call, ladies and gentlemen. And if it's not heated, then we got more to deal with by way of a much bigger chastisement and the three days of darkness, which is terrifying. And I'll just leave it to you to go on the internet and check that out. I would uh, suggest that you might refer to St. Padre Pio and the three days of darkness uh, that can be averted if we respond to God's act of mercy by heartfelt repentance. So I think it's now time to simply do our part to be really looking at our watch, where we're at, given world events, given the insanity of language that children are being subjected to, their own gender being called into question and confused. Everybody, more or less, is now a racist, if you stand up for traditional values in any way, shape, or form, against the groupthink of hateful groups that want to polarize everybody. This is evil. This is evil to the maximum degree. We've never dealt with this in in the the whole history of humanity. At least the pagans believed in some kind of God and knew well what the Christians believed. They didn't try to deny all of its reality, but they didn't get to the point of all-out practical atheism across the board, which is kind of where we're at in way too many countries worldwide. Mother Angelica made that statement, and she said that you know she had traveled extensively throughout the world, and uh, the fact was she sensed a, a worldwide practical atheism that is offended by the very concept of belief. This is radical evil insanity. One of the book reviews likely I'll be doing soon is called The Revolt Against Reality. That's exactly how extreme the evil is right now. That's different in human history. Now again, you go back to these foreign ancient cultures. They were, we called them pagan because they weren't Christian, but they were religious in their own way. They had a sense of the next life. We're in a whole different domain right now where the enemy at this point is is just all out in a rage trying to go after anybody that believes, but most especially believes in Christ. And uh, so it's this is a different time. I am astonished to be living during this time because I think we're living in very uncharted waters right now. And it seems like an incredibly logical deduction to make that God has got to be getting ready. The abuse of children at virtually every level certainly begs divine intervention. So we just have to do our part to be living in sanctifying grace for sure, which is what the sacraments of our church are all about. And I make that invitation to non-Catholics to please consider coming into our faith and our church and experience that great joy of having your soul's slate cleaned thoroughly. That you will not be paralyzed by worry in such mind-boggling times. And in light of our recent mini-series on the Synod on Synodality, needs to be noted, part of the Garabandal message has to do 
with a significant synod that will occur. And nobody even knew what a synod was at that time of 1961. There are no conspiracies, but there are no coincidences. Take note again of the dot connecting. And I should also highlight the fact that all of the Marian apparitions are very much connected. In fact, I would refer to a particular internet video by Robert Haddad, very well researched on Our Lady of Prompt Success. This is an apparition starting back around 1631, and she has prophetic visions of the church in the 20th century, specifically from the middle of the 20th century on. It's just remarkable. And then you juxtapose that with some of the messages of Sister Sasagawa in Akita, Japan, 1973 and, and uh, later 1981. The whole notion of the church leadership being at war with each other, cardinal against cardinal, bishop against bishop, we're seeing this play out right now relative to the synod and those who are taking sides one way or the other with concepts like radical inclusivity. That's uh, a primary concept of the synod, more than suggesting that the church is like that big tent referred to in a previous show. Everybody's in. Murderers, rapists, doesn't matter. And you already have Bishop Paprocki out in Springfield, Illinois, who's very much at the forefront of interpreting canon law, calling out bishops and cardinals, not publicly by name, who, if they are not all on board with the fullness of Catholic doctrine and dogma, then he more than suggests, then they should not be voting for the next pope. And and one could argue that's being incredibly generous and charitable. I'm sure others would would say uh, that they shouldn't even be in the church, that in fact they've excommunicated themselves, which would be the position of Colonel Robert Bellarmine, one of the many doctors of the church. Not to forget the quote-unquote synodal church in Germany that's just completely doing its own thing regarding same-sex marriages and that kind of thing. And there's been no public outcry uh, by our pontiff regarding their public positions. So this very much suggests that the apostasy in the church, amongst her leadership, relayed by Our Lady to Sister Lucia by way of the Fatima messages, is all playing out. We have people that just don't believe in the age-old, unchanging, 2023-year depositive faith of the Catholic Church. And they're in our church, and they're teaching something completely contradictory. And that, in my estimation, Again, I've hearkened to my undergraduate days. This goes back to the early 1970s. It's just that it's now reaching a kind of a cataclysmic point of no return in terms of the polarization amongst theologians, bishops, cardinals. And remember, the mark of the church, or marks, one holy Catholic apostolic. There can't be division like this relative to essential kernel beliefs and teachings, not just dogmatic assertions, but the church's age-old teachings as well. We can clarify and use modern jargon to express the same truth from age to age, but we can't change the truths to accommodate something we want in the current time. And that's what's been going on post-Vatican II onward for sure. You know, all the catechisms, I just ordered a bunch of catechisms uh, of Father Francis Sparago, copyright 1921. Gee, why did I do that? Because it's one of the most comprehensive catechisms ever written, very much endorsed by exorcist Father Chad Ripperger, who is also someone to listen to. And it just basically is a catechism completely in continuity with all catechisms before it. And 
all catechisms after, at least up until the current one, second edition. But something else is going to happen at the end of the Synod. And uh, in fact, maybe not even at the end of it, you're going to see likely a third edition of the catechism that's going to be a radical upheaval. And at that point, everybody is going to be faced with a huge decision as to what's Catholic and what isn't. We should have been asking this question back in the early 1970s. The radical element was always hiding out in the ivory tower, but they didn't make their way down to the grassroots parish level at that time. Now they're there. We mixed the oil and the water far too long. It kept the peace. We were able to get along, but now it's getting completely out of control. Just like to highlight some select excerpts from a very excellent book on Garabandal called Old Children Listen to Me, Our Lady Teaches at Garabandal by Robert Francois. This is WQPH Radio 89.3. FM. Chapter 1 in the book, O Children, Listen to Me, God and the Human Condition. Robert Francois writes, On September 14, 1965, when Conchita, Conchita Gonzalez, submitted to a number of questions, she showed that she was quite aware of the existence of atheists. She's just a little girl right at this time. Indeed, she was very concerned about them. She said, We should pray hard for our brothers who do not know God. She wrote on December 10, 1965, What kindness, what hope in this simple statement. The visionaries had always said that the miracle would be such that unbelievers would believe. As for the warning, Conchita declared on October 22, 1965, that it would be such that even the unbelievers would fear God. We should ponder these matters carefully. We live in a time when it is fashionable to place man above God. Today, there even exist theologies of the death of God. But we should not despise signs and miracles, for Jesus said, You must see signs and miracles, or you will not believe. John chapter 4, verse 48. The almightiness of God was manifested at Garabandal in many ways, by ecstasies, whether motionless or walking, forwards or backwards, moving on the knees, ecstatic running impossible to follow, unusual agility, levitations, and invisible telekinetic communions. There were cases of knowledge of secret hidden things or knowledge of sacred things, luminous irradiations from sacred things, scent irradiations from blessed objects, and insensibility to pain caused by blows, pricks, or pinches. The girls received violent shocks on their heads and knees without suffering wounds or fractures. They were neither burnt by fire nor wet by water. They ran barefoot without getting hurt. Their faces were transfigured. They knew foreign languages without learning them. They composed canticles in spite of their ignorance. They were just little girls. A levitation of Conchita was witnessed by three priests, a policeman, a doctor, and two other people. We can see that the signs of the omnipotence of God were given to us liberally at Garabandal. However, this divine omnipotence will not be fully and strikingly manifested before the realization of the prophesied events, and Conchita was well aware of this when she said in an interview of February 7, 1974, For the words of the Blessed Virgin to be complete, there must be the warning and the miracle. According to Conchita, the miracle will be a striking manifestation of God's love. It will be preceded by a salutary warning of short duration to all mankind to make amends and benefit from the miracle, thus avoiding the chastisement, conditional but fearful. The warning will be perceived everywhere and by everyone. 
It will draw the good closer to God. The ugliness of our sins will be revealed. Unbelievers will fear the fear of God. It will be dreaded by all mankind. It will purify us and warn us of the miracle to come, which will take place not more than a year later. And in light of all of this, get baptized, please. And I'm talking to adults as much as any little baby out there that's still unbaptized. Listen to this little excerpt. On March 31, 1962, Mary Lowley's mother, Julia, gave birth to a daughter, Lupita. Mary Lowley entered into an ecstasy on the ground floor. Again, she's one of the visionaries. She was heard to say, Ah, it's a little sister. What? So little and sin already in her. She then came out of her ecstasy. Father Laffiner asked her what she meant. She answered, I saw original sin in the soul of my little sister. Conchita told Charles Melior from New York that on another occasion, a young woman was holding a three-month-year-old baby in her arms The girl spoke of the baby to the Blessed Virgin, who said he was in a state of sin. Out of ecstasy, Conchita made this comment. I do not know what it means, but if she, the Blessed Virgin, said so, so it is. She came up to the young woman and told her, The Virgin told me that the baby is in a state of sin. The mother answered, It is true, the baby has not yet been baptized. Baptism took place soon afterwards. I highlight this, ladies and gentlemen, because after decades of people not catechized correctly. There's just kind of a half-hearted attitude, if not utter lukewarmness, about the necessity of baptizing the little ones. And never mind the little ones, how about those adults who have never been baptized whatsoever, or even invited, invited to the well of life? So please, you know, this is critical in order to encounter the possibility of these events prophesied. You want to be in a very good state of grace. It is so important. So I put that out there because I know virtually nobody else does. It is what the early Christians did. Right at this time of the year, right after Jesus had risen and then before his ascension, gave the Great Commission to the apostles to go forth and baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, all nations, which means all people, get baptized. And in all of this light, Conchita had received a message from our Lord on July 20, 1963, and she had asked him if she would die soon, and she received the reply from our Lord, one never dies. And this is in keeping with what our Lord said to Martha at Bethany. John chapter 11, verse 26, whoever has life and faith in me to all eternity cannot die, which clearly highlights the importance of having faith for sure, but also baptism in being in a state of grace. If you are in grace, now obviously we can fall out of grace after our baptism, and that's what the sacraments are for, confession and communion, but it really stresses the utter importance of eternal life really begins right now. Are you in grace or aren't you? And that kind of tells you where you're going to end up afterwards. But for God's utter mercy that we might at least get in there to purgatory. The author notes, On January 1, 1965, the Blessed Virgin told Conchita that we Catholic Christians do not think enough about life after death, about heaven and hell. We should think about them, and thus would our lives be more closely bound to that of Christ. I remember the great Catholic William F. Buckley once said that if you dared to sincerely bring up the topic of faith at a cocktail party, you're pretty much left looking into your glass. Well, we've got 
good news to share. And we've got to change that conversation wherever you are. Talk Catholic, indeed, so that we can share such stories as we have here today, the mystical revelations of Garabandal and many other Marian prophecies will light up the cocktail party. And more importantly, your kitchen table with WQPH Radio 89.3 FM always by your side. Have a great week, everyone. Let your light shine. That is what it's all about here at WQPH Radio 89.3 FM. But we need to hear your story. You want your voice to be his voice. That is making the faith known to others. Please, my number is 877-625-3727. Tim Kilcoin, TalkCatholic.com. Say Mother Teresa told us, your ministry is your work right where you are. Grab on to this microphone. God bless.